Welcome to With You, a women's rugby community podcast. I'm Suze. I use she, her pronouns, and I'll be your host. Always with you. I don't know about men's rugby, and I don't know about kids these days, but for me, rugby was a sanctuary, which let me be myself. And I see a lot of people in all forms being themselves in rugby. Welcome back for episode seven, featuring Chris, an elder in the game. Her depth of experience and candid humor have been unmatched on With You thus far. I hope you enjoy. Hi, my name's Christina or Chris or Grandma or Grandma Rugby, depending on the generation you played rugby with me. My pronouns are she, her, but I really don't know anymore and I also don't care. So that's just another aspect of me that I'm exploring these days. Right now I'm playing for the Columbia Rugby Football Club Black Sheep, which is in Columbia, Missouri. In the past, um, I started with HARC or the Houston Athletic Rugby Club in 1998. And I also played for Mizzou Women's uh, Rugby Club. I'm definitely a back, um, even though my heart is a forward. And I have on occasion played a flanker, which has been some of the best rugby I've ever played in that position. So I'm I wish I would have been offered that earlier, but I also probably didn't weigh enough. I mean, when I started playing, I was about 116 pounds, and I've maybe gained some muscle, but not a whole lot since then. Now I'm I'm mostly a scrum half and fly half previously, but I'm just a little too old to be, I don't know, kicking so much. I still get yelled at, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if this is like those scrum half, fly half positions came with you being the grandma too. Absolutely. I mean, I started as wing uh, just because I was tiny and I was really fast, you know, 20 years ago and I'm still not slow. But as I learn more about rugby, you sort of like move your way up the line. So now I'm the one who yells at everybody. The story of how the Black Sheep were founded is based on Mizzou women's rugby wanted to be more competitive. And because of these non-college players, we were sort of asked to leave so that they could um, try to win I don't even know what if it's a tournament or how it, like the eligibility works. Um, so they asked us to go, the older members, and so we did, and that's how we got the name Black Sheep because essentially we were sort of like ostracized and kicked out of the group. Wow! Well, you spun it around, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. Yeah. Part one, overview. Did you did you retire and come back? Haven't we all over a certain age? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in 2019, I uh, played for the Mid America All Stars. I was 39, and you know, I was telling everybody like, "This is my last game. This is it for me. I have arthritis, which I do, and I'm just too old." And and then the pandemic hit, and then you know, another thing, which sounds really sad, was like I had breast cancer, and it was all at the same time. And so after all of that was done, I was like, well, fuck this. I have to play rugby again. I had a mastectomy. I have no boobs now. Like, I want to see how that feels. And also over the pandemic, I was working out a lot. So I'm like, maybe in the best shape I've been in since I was 20. So I I came back because I had to, we all have to. And I, you know, I just think to myself, um, as long as my body can still do it, why not do it? This fall season, my team didn't really play until uh, the middle of October. We had our first practice and our team was already rebuilding from several years ago. So it's, you know, 
when you're a coach and a player and you play on a team that's always struggling for numbers, you kind of throw your hands in the air and say, yeah, I'm retired. I'm done. Somebody else has to take over. But in October, I was like, you know what? I want to play rugby. I'm going to start practices again. And we had, you know, 10 people show up to the first practice and half of them were new people. That gave me like just total optimism for the for the spring season. Why was rugby the thing that you went back to? I mean, for me, rugby has been my therapy, as I told a new, and I also go to therapy. I'm not, <laughs> of course you should go to therapy. Um, I told a new player, you know, rugby heals all. And that's my new, my new phrase. And everybody's like, but rugby injures you. And I'm like, yeah, but not like emotionally. For me, it's been the constant in my life for at least 15 years while I've been in this town, maybe 17 years. I can't quite do the math. Anytime I've gone through something, what I want to do is I want to hit somebody. I want to get the shit beat out of me. I want to have a beer. I want to eat shitty pizza. I want to like celebrate pain, <laughs> physical pain instead of emotional pain. So coming back to rugby was the only thing I could do. It's, it's what I love and it's a major part of who I am still. Yeah, I feel that. I think it's great to talk about women's rugby because I've been trying to talk about it for 20 years, but people don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know? I don't know about men's rugby and I don't know about kids these days, but for me, rugby was a sanctuary, which let me be myself. And I see a lot of people in all forms being themselves in rugby and even non-athletes, Yeah, which in any other sport, I would have like poo-pooed. In high school, I was like a super athlete. You know, yeah. I was talented. I had it all. And I was an asshole about it. And now, you know, people come to me and they're like, I've never played any sport. And I'm like, perfect. Let's play rugby. <laughs> because yeah. people are somehow drawn to it, drawn to the culture. Uh, whatever that inclusivity is, it's just yeah. really beautiful. I can say of like the team sports that I've played, I've never felt more of a community than rugby because I've generally been accepted by the men's team. Yeah. And when I say I, I mean women who play rugby because the ball is the same size, the field is the same size, the rules are the same. And, you know, playing basketball, I played fast pitch softball. It's just always like lady bulldogs basketball, lady bulldogs softball, yeah. <laughs> like a lesser version of that sport. And for rugby, I don't find it to be that way. So that's why I'm so glad to fit in here. And I, I guess this goes back to like the recruiting part when I'm like, hey, uh, you look like you want to play rugby. And they're like, I'm not interested in you. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but the question is always, is it flag rugby? Yeah. Is it lingerie rugby? Someone asked me once. That's weird. And then, you know, is it co-ed rugby? Mm -hmm. No, it's just, it's just for us. Mm -hmm. And we hit people. And, you know, my dad, who's like a good old boy, super redneck, liberated redneck these days, um, when he tells people about my rugby career, he always says, you know, women hit harder than men. And it's just one of the most wonderful things I've ever heard my dad say. Part two, difficulties. You want to talk about my breast cancer? <laughs> yeah. I was diagnosed when I was 40. It was like a couple weeks after my 40th birthday. And I'd also just gotten into grad school. I'm still in grad school. And I was like, got accepted to a PhD program. Wow. I previously have a master's and I have an MFA. <laughs> it's a lot to deal with. But anyway. You're a perpetual student. You're, yes. Another heavy subject is I'm adopted, and that's not super exciting, except that I met my biological mom a long time ago, and she had breast cancer at 32, 
So I knew that family history, but that was it. So I had a mammogram sort of randomly because I'm like, Christina, get on it. You're 40. It's time. I'd had one like 10 years ago and it was fine. Um, and what they found was um, DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma in situ. So it's basically like the very tiniest beginning of cancer in just one breast. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my surgeon who I happened to go to the gym with. And that visit was really funny because she's like, um, like, do you work out? And I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, I do. And she's like, oh, um, I think we go to the same class. I was like, oh, right. Okay. You're not hitting on me. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I look pretty awesome, I guess. And so anyway, it's like, it's a stage zero cancer, which is not really impressive. And I sort of downplay it and I shouldn't. And it was in one breast, but I told her, you know, at my age, like, I'm like total mastectomy. Let's just do this. Like, I don't want to deal with this for the next, however long I'm able to live. Yeah. And she's about my age. She said, yeah, that's cool. And I sort of expected her to say like, no, 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 that's crazy. You're too young. Mm. But her response was, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh shit. Um, so I had a mastectomy and I had the option of like reconstruction, but that again, it was like two weeks before the pandemic yeah. <laughs> and reconstruction is like a whole fucking road. I did not want to go down. Like your nipples might be uneven. Your breasts might be uneven. They, yeah. they do like six revision surgeries. It's painful. You can like have a um, pump put on, put under your pecs to stretch out your skin. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with any of that. Just like take my boobs. I'll have scars. And now that I do have scars, one, I look way better in my rugby jersey. Okay. Like <laughs> these things are made for dudes anyway. Right. And I'm like, damn, I look good. And you know, a lot of people said it's to me, to like, be strapping them down just so you can go run around. Right? Well, exactly. And you know, yeah. I was like, I, I had like a, a C cup on a good day. So it wasn't like, you know, a double or triple brawl yeah, kind of gal. Sure, for sure. But Dude, there's something. C cup is enough though. Like that's all I got. And they'd be, they'd be bouncing around sometimes. Well, yeah. Like, and like, what's you happening know, here? <laughs> Any picture of myself from before then, it's like your nipples are always hard. And like, I'm just like, what are these guys up to? So yeah, I look great now. And I feel like sleeker. I lost three pounds. They were exactly three pounds. Um, <laughs> and actually, they're one and a half pounds each. Like they were one gram off. So I had perfect breasts. <laughs> so my my team, actually, we had a fundraiser called Take Your, Your Breast Guest. And I apologize for the terrible pun, but <laughs> we were trying to... $5 for a guest. How much does my breast weigh? A good friend of mine won and we still haven't paid him. And I'm sorry, Austin, if you're listening. But um, <laughs> yeah, so my surgeon, I was like, look, I have this thing going with my rugby team. And I know it's weird, but I need you to write down how much each boob weighs. And she totally did. And it was really beautiful. Wow. <laughs> and people have just met me, say to me, like, you know, I can't even imagine you with boobs. Because my gender, I mean, I'm pretty androgynous looking. I'm genderqueer. Yeah. You know, who knows? And I always have been. And I yeah. do, like, I don't really miss them, which has led me down a road of, like, just thinking about my gender or who I am. There's there's something in there about our, our physical bodies, what we see in the mirror, impacting right. what's going on inside. So even though you've been, like, androgynous and gay and all these things you were still like but i have these indicators that make me feel like i'm a woman absolutely and since they're gone uh since <laughs> what's the song um you know like i've always worn like dude button-up shirts and now they look so good on me there's oh no God. boob gap 
There's nothing better than a gay girl in a bun nut. Right. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a game changer. And I'm like, damn, maybe I just didn't need these a long time ago, but I wasn't given permission by society or by myself or like, I, I'm a writer. So I, I think about and write about this a lot. Like if six-year-old Christina would have known that there's an option other than boy or girl, would I have gone with that? These are brilliant. They're very interesting questions. <laughs> and I appreciate so much your your humor, like the way sure. they, way to turn something that could be and it is so devastating for people into a deeper exploration of yourself. Like that's really fucking cool. <laughs> I'm just thinking like how much pressure we put on ourselves when we're like in our 20s to like figure things out and do certain things and like have oh. certain careers or look a certain way or whatever and like now sure. I'm good I'm good into my 30s and I'm like whatever everything is fine this is who I am I need to love myself more like that's cultivating and I haven't envisioned much past that but you are just giving me some insight in that there's just always we continuously through life just have more opportunities to reflect grow know ourselves better like understand our identity deeper man you're this right is, you're tripping me out right now <laughs> for me that is totally true when i was 20 i was so sure of myself i knew who i was and what i wanted and now i'm 42 and i'm not so sure anymore and who knows but i know that i'm cooler than i was when i was 20 <laughs> yeah we're always just growing and changing and like when i was 28 i got married to a woman and this was before gay marriage was legal. Yeah. And so I did everything in my power to emulate like a straight wedding. I wore a dress. My partner wore a dress because I didn't want to be the girl with short hair who wore pants, you know, yeah. because for years I've been fending off the like the who's on top question or whatever. <laughs> you know, I got a wedding ring with a diamond in it, even though it was like kind of modified to look cooler. Uh -huh. And I've, I've done all of these things to make other people comfortable with who I am in an effort to show them that it's okay to be me. Yeah. But at, at this age now, I, I don't care anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm divorced from that person and here I am out here with no boobs and my hair is even shorter. I don't know. And I'm not going to wear a dress anymore. I don't give a fuck. I look, I did look okay in it. I had a rock and buy, but I felt stupid, you know, like, and now I'm going to wear these dude shirts with a fucking tie and I look hot as hell. Like I'm more comfortable in my androgyny these days. Were there any difficulties on coming back to play this fall? Well, I mean, emotionally, I was like, okay, I need somebody to take over and nobody's really willing to take over. So I know it has to be me. So I have to like a lot time to do this. That's an especially hard part for me being a coach of a women's team is trying to say, no, it's okay. Just hit her. Look her in the eye, run at her and knock her over. <laughs> like <laughs> I've, I've had so much. I mean, I know that I had trouble with that one. Like I don't want to touch people a lot, yeah. but when I was, you know, 18 or 19 starting, I'm like, how do I just look at her? And then I run into her. That's crazy. Yeah. And so when you have a rookie who's like aggressive, I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. Yeah. And I think it encourages other rookies too. Part three, forgotten. The first practice we came back and I was kind of like, all right, I'll bring my whistle and I'll wear my cute little shorts or whatever. And 
um, you know, we were just like hitting a, a ruck pad. And there was one new person who at the beginning of practice had sort of like a solemn look on her face. And toward the end, it was, it was getting dark, but she was like smiling every time she was hitting the ruck pad or like stepping over the ball. And it totally changed my attitude. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like this is why I coach and this is why I play. And I called her out as we were like saying goodbye and like, let's head to the bar. And I was like, you know, I noticed you were in a kind of a bad mood today and now you seem like jubilant. And I felt bad for calling her out, but she's like, you're totally right. She's like, this totally changed my perspective today. That moment that like seeing seeing her go from a frown to a smile in like an hour mm -hmm. i was like okay this is why i this is why i do this we we kept going we we didn't have any games as a team mm -hmm. in the fall but we kept having practices and i keep getting texts from people like when are we starting practice what are we gonna you know mm -hmm. so i'm like okay i'm we have to do this what else did you forget about playing how awesome i am just <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean not like not physically uh but like mentally, I'm, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like the whole, the whole game for me is like yoga. Um, I am so beat up by the end that it feels like a meditation. My body is so exhausted that it's like reborn. And I did, um, my first game back was actually in August. I went to a tournament with our like friendly team who's in Springfield, Missouri. And it felt so good to just get knocked down again and knock other people down yeah. and, you know, have some beers and have people say like, Hey, you know, good game or a great tackle or whatever it was. I'm like, yeah, I still got it. You got that affirmation out there. Yeah. Even a stiff arm for me. I'm, I'm five, four and a half. I weigh about 137 these days. And if I can just stiff arm some other person, like I feel awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Or like just do a little spin move, and I'm like, oh yeah, juked out of here. Like, yeah, uh, little warrior, huh? I'm like, oh, you, you thought these wrinkles weren't gonna run by you, but they did. You know, watch them go. <laughs> as as my necks, yeah. my neck wrinkles flap in the wind. But <laughs> hey, man, we all get it. I I really like the idea, like rugby, about being yoga and and how, yeah, like we said, I said earlier how present we are when we're playing and, yeah. and I really I really enjoy the idea of it being like meditative because you just if you go anywhere else while you're playing a rugby game you don't you're not there you can't perform you you can't be flexible and creative the way that we need to and yeah, yeah. you're, you're right I've never I've never even thought of it that way of like just being in the moment and for me that's probably the one of the only hours or so in my life where I'm able to be totally present and not thinking about what I need to do or what I did that was bad previously or. Yeah. Part four, joy. My first game back after mastectomy, after pandemic was in August of 2021. And mm -hmm. I went to play with basically our, like our best buddy team in Springfield, Missouri for a, a tens tournament. And I really love tens. I, I don't know if that's okay to say. I hate sevens. <laughs> You could say whatever you want. I mean, I I love 15s. That's what I play. Mm -hmm. But 10s is surprisingly fun. And it, so this is a 10s tournament they have yearly for, I don't know, a couple of years or maybe 20. I don't pay attention. But I went down to play with my friend's team. And there was a young scrum half who was probably, I don't know, 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. And Tammy, I'm sorry if I don't know your name. But 
Uh, she'd only played sevens and I was like, girl, you got to chase that ball. You got to be there. Like you can't just fuck around and wait for other people to come pick up the ball. Yeah. But I was yelling at her the whole game. And I, again, like this is my first game back and I'd been working out for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So I was in pretty good shape mm -hmm. and I felt awesome. And I was so excited to just prove myself at age 41, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and after the game, she just had this really beautiful smile on her face. And she said, you know, I want to be like you when I grow up. And mm -hmm. first I'm like, I'm not that old bitch, you know, but <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like I'm twice the age is when I started. I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, just like, thank you. Like I am still, I'm pretty quick. I'm in shape. I tackle for the most part, but I'm too old to tackle some people. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, boundaries no, are healthy. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh -huh. That was really great. And then, a couple people from my team, including the one rookie who went from sad to happy during the practice, which I talked about earlier. We drove down to Fayetteville to play again with our friendly team who's from the Springfield Chaos. The drive down there was okay. I didn't have to drive, which normally I do. And I was just like, no, I'm not in control this time. I'm just going to go down there. Yeah. I played. It was a pretty good game. We lost by a little bit. It doesn't matter. I felt awesome. The sun was out. It was like 73 degrees. And I tackled, I passed, I like juked, I was like spin moving out of these little girls. And at the end of the match, you know, like your lips are kind of sunburnt or windburnt, your mm -hmm. face is windburnt. You're mm -hmm. standing there, um, you know, in your like compression shorts. And for me, like my Australian work boots and <laughs> like a t-shirt. People are offering you beer, you're eating shitty hot dogs with like no condiments. And I was like, oh my God, like. This is, this is who I am, you know, like, mm. and it was beautiful because it was like November. It was the beginning of November. The leaves were turning. It was, our drive back was eight hours through like the Ozarks. And it was wow. just like rolling hills, oh, changing yeah. leaves. And I was just like crying happy tears the entire time. Like I did it, you know, like I can still do it. And this is, for me, this is like, not only meditation but it's also like poetry man i've i've missed this how could i think that i could quit this you know mm -hmm. there's something in there about being like we were talking so much about being present earlier when you're playing a game but it's like yeah. afterwards you still feel alive and you feel like so connected with the people that you just did this with that you're just yes and grateful that you you've done it and that you've put yourself out there to wow yeah to be with these people I'd never thought of it as how you just described it, but like there is an intimacy mm -hmm. and, you know, I've, I've, I've been told from a lot of people that I'm not very good at being intimate, even though I feel like I am, <laughs> I don't mean sex, but like just emotionally. Yeah. But for me, I guess rugby is my emotional intimacy. Like we're in this like war together, we're hitting each other and I'm supporting you or, you know, and then we celebrate pain, we celebrate triumph and just like b being alive. Yeah, I never actually put the word like intimacy on it either, but it really is. I mean, I've reflected a lot on how we are so phys physically close to each other when we're playing rugby. Oh, yeah. You know, like you're up in people's butts. Yeah. And, yeah crotches. And crotches. Like, like so, yeah, all of it. You know? I mean, as a forward, which I'm I'm not generally, but yeah i know that like you learn people's smells and i know that's yeah. disgusting but no, like it's real you get spit on you yeah you get, like it's such a very close physical space that, close mm -hmm. and doing that 
uh, repeatedly with a, a team like with your group like your homies is like very it might hit some monkey brain tribal. i think so yeah, yeah i think it does i think it hits something in us that it telling those telling it to me like telling those experiences to me just like hits in a really visceral way i'm like i get it i can't like, i can't speak it but i get it when you in the game and you smell like four other people's sweat yeah it's like and i'm a i'm a back for the most part but i still smell weird like yeah. it's you know it's like i'm looking at my cats and they like to rub their little faces on the corner of the couch to mark their territory and i just mm -hmm. wonder <laughs> if that's are we doing maybe this the same thing yeah i'm like i smell like my people or like that yeah. that person over there who i don't know but i know now mm -hmm. you know and now some extra clips of banter and discussion that didn't quite fit in the outline but are super relevant and worthwhile my son is non-binary so they use they them pronouns okay cool so yeah and they're uh, 11 almost 12 and we had a conversation not too long ago about their sexuality and gender because they're still really confused what queer means and what lesbian means. And I say to them, like, I don't know anymore and I also don't care and I'm not keeping track of myself <laughs> in that way. But we had a reverse like coming out conversation where I said, you know, honey, it's OK if you're a cis dude who is attracted to girls. Yes. I'll still love you if you're not queer. <laughs> Did, did they go to rugby? Did you send them to rugby when they were younger? They've played flag rugby, uh -huh. but not to be a bummer, but they were like a micro preemie. They had a lot of seizures. So, uh, you know, I don't want to send them out to get their head knocked around a lot. But they, they like, they think I'm the coolest person, which <laughs> I know it's like the age and I know in like a few years it's going to change and they're just going to want to like TikTok or whatever the kids are doing. But <laughs> um <laughs> i don't even know either so i can't help you with that. right now so you know my kids gender is something i will talk about because um their um their sex is male and just like a year ago we were playing basketball in the driveway i got a basketball hoop and we were playing and they say to me like you know mom i don't know if i'm a boy or a girl and i'm like all right that's cool like i feel that way all the time yeah. and they said it's just that like you're just so badass at basketball. And so maybe I am a girl if I want to be badass at basketball. And like, Whoa. I'm like, oh my God, like to my kid, which is so amazing. They're surrounded mostly by queer people. They think that women play sports. Um, <laughs> like women are the only people who play sports. And, you know, like not to be this old, but like I had a Facebook memory come up the other day and it was, it was my kids saying to me, like watching uh, the Rugby World Cup men's, you know, yeah. and saying like, mom, is that your team? And for me, like, that's like, that's the future, <laughs> you know. I love it. Where we did, we're not so caught up in binaries. I love Right. That. Yeah. Hmm. So they, they have no idea, but one day they will. But right now I am an athletic hero, which is all I've ever wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. <I was> like <laughs> Wait, I feel like that was your uh, that was your dream as a youth. I did it as a youth. <laughs> as a youth, that's a youth. <laughs> you sure did it. That's awesome. Come around on like that too is like the way that you've seen rugby change. So oh yeah, I mean, it, it used to be like fem mullet forty two year olds. I don't even know when I was nineteen. That's how it felt. But <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like acid wash jeans. Uh, you know, chain wallets. Yeah. Oh, the Jinko jeans. 
Yeah, I'm talking like 1996 lesbian. Yeah. And it's gone from that to like everybody. It's everybody now, yeah. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. It's but like, it, it's, it's trans women. It's non-binary people. It's like, it's fucking and it's amazing. it's like straight cis girls that played high level, like collegiate. It's all kinds of different different people Uh, and cheerleaders like some of the most aggressive rugby players are like cheerleaders true shit (laughs) (laughs) what are they you're so you have a lot of aggression there sugar Mm -hmm. but yeah for sure it's really neat that it's stayed inclusive it's interesting to me that you've held on to rugby like that that you all this all these things that you've gone through in your life that rugby has been something you've been able to come back to my childhood and my self-worth growing up was based in sports um, I knew I was smart and I was cool and whatever, but I knew that I was an athlete and being a small town athlete, you get recognized everywhere you go. I mean, I grew up in a town of 85 people. Okay. So, so I'm not talking that small, but like in the, in the County, it was like, Oh, aren't you so-and-so? Yes, I am. And then as you move to larger cities, I mean, I moved to Houston from my town of 85 and I sort of got lost because I had based who I was on my athletic ability. And then I joined rugby and I realized like, I wasn't that good at everything. Like I was like running down the field for like a, a basketball pass because that's what I'd been taught. Mm. And you know, the old lesbians were yelling at me and I was trash. I was bad. I was fast, but Mm. I wasn't skilled. You didn't didn't know how to play. Exactly. And that was like, the first moment for me where I was in a place of uncomfortability, which I think is the worst part of learning to play rugby is like not knowing what's happening mm-hmm. or like, but in your, in your life also like being uncomfortable in any social situation is what helps you grow. And so yep. for me, that was, that was the first time of me being not in charge. Yep. And I've sort of like tried to lean into that over the decades. It's good to be humble, man. And that, that like athlete, young athlete, small town thing, I think is a, relatable story the arrogance just comes on quick when you're a teenager yeah you know, it really can yeah. yeah i mean catching catching the gay will knock you down a notch real fast in that small town so i can imagine that was a struggle yeah i mean i was like you know prom queen candidate <laughs> until but you know like another thing is just watching how society and rugby has changed over the past like 20 years so mm-hmm. i'm I feel jealous and then I am like, no, it's okay. Like maybe I've helped to make it this way. Bet you have. I mean, you're still helping. You're still committed to the black sheep. You know, you're still, you haven't, you haven't thrown in the towel. Pioneering, I would say. (laughs) A maverick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're good in your forties and you're still playing rugby. Like that's, yeah, that's badass. There, there is a moment I'd like to talk about. Let me know. Yeah, let's do it. Go. Because this is one of my first rugby memories. Okay. And it was 1999 or 2000. Okay. Yeah. And I was in college in Houston and I was playing for Hark and this van load of lesbians, like gay, okay, <laughs> mullets. Um, <laughs> undercuts went before it came back before they were cool exactly (laughs) when they were cool before they were cool after they were cool (laughs) not hipsters um drinking pbr and wearing our car heart but um what'd you drink if you didn't drink pbr well i lived in texas so it was shinerbach or 
uh, Lone Star is the National Beer of Texas. So <laughs> the National Beer of Texas. Huh? That's right. They were one dollar at the bar. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's how I learned to drink beer is Shiner Bach. So shout out to Shiner Bach. Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll take a sponsorship. Yeah. So we loaded up in this van. I don't know. Like I was totally clueless as to how these things worked. And it was just like older lesbians who at the time I was dating this woman who was like, I don't know, 27 or 28. I was 20. So it felt like ancient. She was very old to me and her friends were very old, but I I know shit. We listened to the Indigo Girls and we drove from Houston to Denver. Okay. It was like nonstop indigo girls and i'm like oh my god like i am so gay i am this van full of lesbians fucking gay this is so wrong you know and it feels so good and so weird and then like we get to denver and this is back in the day of like the old cotton jerseys which were always way too big for me okay yeah they're too big for me and i'm like five seven two hundred pounds well so okay yeah they're like the sleeves would hang down on my fucking wrists even though they're supposed to be short sleeved and like stick out the bottom of my shorts. But um, we got to Denver. I barely remember because I'm pretty sure I had a concussion. Like I got a concussion, but whatever. Because you're 20 and it doesn't matter at that time. Which it yeah. does now go to the doctor. Um, no, it does matter now. But like, It totally matters. Yep. Yeah. So we got there. Like I hadn't really been to practice because I was like full of myself. And I was young and in shape. So I thought. And we're in Denver. So it's like my lungs aren't working as correctly. And. Mm-hmm we're playing in some maybe like a stadium i don't even know it's there's a lot of fucking snow on the ground i get tackled like eighty thousand times because i don't know what i'm doing so i'm i'm like laying there i'm looking up at the sky i can't get up and i see this ruck forms over me of like all of these lesbians (laughs) they're sweating their mullets are like cascading around their faces and necks you know the snow was falling (laughs) the snow was falling down around their faces and I can, I can feel the snow like seeping into my jersey and it weighs like 60 pounds at that point, you know. And I'm just, I'm not covering my face. I'm just like totally, I'm sprawled out, you know. And at that moment, I'm like, yeah, this is who I am. <laughs> like, I'm in a rugby game and this is happening right now. And I like, I honestly don't remember much of the rest of the trip i know we went to a bar and at that point i wasn't like i wasn't really drinking i didn't really drink until i was older but just that beautiful moment i was like you know i'm alive and this is my purpose or, or something this is so that me- like this is meaningful this feels too good to be passing like, right this, yeah these are my people these are my people i'm Look i'm exposed mullets. yes like and my body's here and they probably won't step on me and it's snowing it's so beautiful look at the sky we're in denver we're we're in the mountains it's you know we drove in this van with the indigo girls like for me that's like one of the most memorable times of my early 20s that memory is alive (laughs) that is true yeah it's there are you the way you described it it you can still see it because I can see it the way you described it. I was really fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, I guess that's why I can't quit. I, you know, I keep looking for that moment and I feel like every game there's sort of a moment like that where I'm like, I'm not so gay, but I am so there. And that's our show for today. 
I hope the mullet memory sticks with you the way it has me. Chris is our elder and we should hold her that way. I'm grateful for her time and dedication to the game of rugby. Until next week, cheers. Bye. Bye.